Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. So it's late May. We're halfway between the last Super Bowl and the start of the new season. So we're over the hump. However, it's also the time of the year where there's not really that much news. But like everyone else, we're contractually obliged to produce some content and a simple lack of news will not stop us. I'm Gareth Ellis and here to help me scrape the barrel of content, it's Paul Hope. Hello. Lee Gowland. Hi, guys. And Najee Kowal. Hello. So, lads, let's start with something that is actually interesting and possibly even news. The schedule release. We start Mm -hmm. with a road game in Chicago have a bye week in week nine, which is quite nice, play the Cardinals in Mexico City week 11, and finish at home to the Cardinals at a time yet to be decided. We also have a Christmas Eve game versus the uh, Washington Commodores and a New Year's Day game. <laughs> we, also, we also have at least five games that kick off after 1am UK time. So, lads, which games catch your eye? Najee, kick us off. Uh, the second one for me is the big one. Uh... Seahawks straight away. I think it's going to set the tone for the season. Um, I think the Bears should hopefully be a fairly easy game. I'm hoping uh, where we stand right now compared to their roster. I think uh, we should we should start one and zero. And then the Seahawks has just been such a a down for us having them. You know, week two with our Russell Wilson and destroying them and their season in a process. Straight away, it's going to be it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of big ones, I think. I'm looking forward Chargers games, uh, the Chiefs game, revenge. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, t- tough schedule, you know, AFC West, so uh, it's, it's going to be tough. And then, as you said, I think the <laughs> the five primetime game is a tough pill to swallow. We only have two games at six o'clock. Is, is that right? I think so. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and which is which is uh interesting but uh yeah so uh obviously as soon as you see the schedule i think we all went online and see uh, flight tickets and that kind of stuff and it just gets you excited for the season um but yeah week week two for me is i'm I'm looking forward to the most uh, and, and it's close anyway so yeah that's me what about you paul well gareth is right the Two six o'clock games, both within the first six weeks of the season, mm. Gareth. So, mm. like everybody, I quickly wrote down the times. I'm looking at my annual leave. Seahawks game, that G, like you said, but the, they've always beat us. They've always been our kind of arch enemy. So, I had that one circled. Also, the primetime game against the Rams, uh, week four, home game. Obviously, revenge in the NFC Championship game. I did chuckle when you said the charges, Nadji, because <laughs> your man crush will be playing against us that day. Um, yeah. Looking forward to the Dolphins game. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm just kind of ablibbing. I won't be making the pilgrimage over the, to the States this year, unfortunately. Um, budget-wise, it won't be for me. And on that note, I think you've got some games penciled in, haven't you, Lee? There's some caught your eye. Uh, the, the, you know. the house, but I, ju- I just want to go back to that uh, Freudian slip of um, Gareth at the end of his uh, intro there with the Washington, Washington Commodores. It's a real shame that we already have the time for that, because if we didn't, you guarantee it would be the, the night shift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, to I'll be get fair, me caught. 
<laughs> that, um, You're out. The Christmas Eve game did not go down too well in our schedule. When I was writing the games on the calendar, Tracy was like, they're playing on Christmas Eve. I said, it could have been worse. It could have been playing on Christmas Day. Didn't go down too well, lads. But it is only a nine o'clock game. So I really sure yeah. I would be in bed before Santa comes. But yeah, Ooh, I don't think so. Uh, well, as Nachi said there, I've definitely been looking at um, games. I mean, I always do. Um, so last year would have been the year that me and David went out. Uh, we normally go out for Thanksgiving um, for a particular reason because we like to go and watch the turkey ball at Kiza. Um, so I had a look initially at the Vegas prices. Obviously, it was incredibly unfortunate that uh, it's New Year's Day. So looking at the prices, it's it's not great. It's not great at all. all, all. No not, not only do the hotel and the flight prices bump up, but everything in Vegas bumps up. So that yep. I, I soon knocked that on the head. And then I started looking at something else, which I've always wanted to do. And um, both Thomas and Kim mentioned while we were in Vegas. And that's to do back-to-back home games. So luckily enough, we've got back-to-back home games um, after Thanksgiving. So we've yep. got the Saints and the Dolphins. So I started looking at that thing and, well, how, how can I make this work? How can I maximise this? Because generally I would have gone out on the Friday so that we get there for the Sunday, to, to Sunday game, you know. Um, obviously you don't get there the Sunday, you get there the Friday still, but I'm rambling. Anyway, so what I decided to do was say to David, look, if we go two days earlier and we go on the Wednesday, then we can still go and see the Turkey Bowl at Kieser, which is on the Thursday. That would be ideal. Friday, we can just chill out. Black Friday sales, hopefully we'll get something decent if, if they've actually got 49 in gear in San Francisco, which is very rare nowadays. Unlikely, yeah. Then we've got, the, uh, then we've got Stanford on the Saturday night against BYU down in Palo Alto. Ooh, Absolutely fantastic. Game, yeah, 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 great game. And then the Sunday night, we've got uh, the Saints at home, so we'll have that. And then the plan was the following Friday would be the Pac-12 championship game in Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah. And we always want – the whole thing was let's go out to Vegas this year. But since we're not going to go to the Vegas road game, I thought, well, if we fly in on the Thursday morning and we can have Thursday night, Friday night in Vegas – and then we can fly back Saturday morning and then go to the Dolphins game on the Sunday night. And then we'd have a 10-day period where we've getting in five games. Yep. Plus a couple of Warriors game in there, maybe. Exactly. A couple of Warriors then, uh, games. Yeah. And you're good to go. Yeah, that's that's always what it looks like when, a, when the schedule comes out. So can you bundle within 10 days at least two games uh, if you can? You know, even if you have to go down close enough to to do it which vegas isn't far off yeah it's a, it's a good thing plus plus you add the college game if you can get yeah stanford in there it's it's, it's a great idea it's, it's a good way to you know catch it all football without spending flight a million times you know you get there free games and then exactly uh the return flights to vegas was only 120 dollars yeah yeah it's, it's definitely doable you can also like hire a car drive down to la it's, it's only a day's drive isn't it watch a game, come back over the decks there kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's totally doable. But yeah, I, I had a look at that too. Um, I'd love to do Pac-12 Championship, but that's going to be expensive, I reckon. <laughs> um, the actual game day tickets is not too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole thing. Oh, becomes, yeah, yeah. Becomes but uh, you mentioned something, I think, that's quite important in the schedule. Um, actually, after the... Uh, where is it? After the Chief game... Wait, no. After the Falcons game... Uh, which yep. is obviously kind of East Coast. We're pretty much on the West Coast for so the entire rest of the season. 
Um, and we've got so many home games. So uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad you mentioned that, Najib, because I've actually really penciled in. We're only going to have one cold game this season. Yeah, 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 which is the Bears game, the first one, which no, is no, not going to no. be. Week 15 in Seattle. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, that'll know, be I'm the only cold game. Yeah. Sh- Chicago should be warm enough week yeah, one. Yeah, September, yeah, it'll be all right. But yeah, it's like we've got one, two, yeah, it's just the Cardinals and the Seahawks game and the Raiders game away from, from the whole stretch here. I guess it's the Mexico game. Um, but it's not, it's not miles, a million miles away, isn't it? So that's kind of cool. So we, we really have a strong, strong finish at home kind of thing, which, you know, might be helpful. Um, you know, when the Burkinis are, are coming and the commandos and the, <laughs> all these teams coming to us rather than us going to them, you know, it's a, it's a good thing. So looking at the schedule, Gareth, is there any games that we haven't mentioned that you've got penciled in or any that you sh- should be keeping an eye out for? I think there's a, yeah, it's a, there's a nice start. I think the Bears, as a as a road game uh, against a team with a sort of new head coach and mm. experienced quarterback or what have you, you know, we should. I'm penciling that one in as a win. Um, yeah. Feel that you you should win those sort of games, and hopefully that will set us up nicely for for Seattle in week two, which I'm I think uh, also looking forward to. Um, but I think it's really it's after that bye week. As you said, you've got those home games what we've got to do is just make sure that we're still competitive by that bye week. And I think, and make sure we push on because obviously um, Trey Lance is going to be on his, his first starting games. There may well be a few uh, wrinkles to, to kink out of the offense like there was last season. Um, so I think the bye week has fallen quite nicely. And I think as so long as we're still uh, roughly even three and four, something like that, four and four by the bye week, um, I expect us to be able to push on in the second half of the season. Because uh, I think there's there's quite a few winnable games uh, uh, there, um, and it's a measure of, of, of we've got to try and go and beat teams like Tampa Bay at that point. Mm-hmm. So, so I've got us down as five and three by the bye week. Five yeah. and three, and I think that you know that that will be perfectly fine. It's not nothing to uh, uh, worry about. People say the season starts around Thanksgiving, don't they? Really, after um, Thanksgiving, yeah, absolutely yeah. right. If you win the back end of those of the season more than the front end then you should be in a good position and it's never too early for a far too early season prediction who's <laughs> going to stick their necks out first go on I'll go I'll go because I always go but I always go big I always go big and say 20 you know going all the way yep. <laughs> um, not not this season not this season so we'll stick the regular season um, record and I still feel as though well, I've gone a bit bullish with this um, not the same type of bullish I would normally go but I'm going for 13 and 4 that's, I mean, that's, that's a good record. Um, I'll have a question to all of you when when we've all done this once. Um, I'm I'm gonna say eleven and eleven and six. I think I think that's a good record considering the schedule we have. Yeah, if we can get there, that probably means the playoff. Um, you know, t- I think ten game is the is the margin nowadays. Um, and I'm, yeah, eleven and six, I'd be very happy. Paul. Well, I'm chuckling, Gareth, because people who may only be listening for the first time, we don't do these on a video call, but Lee and Nadji, it's like you can see my notes. I've got 11 and 6 written down, Nadji, 13 and 4. I've even got a note which says Lee will mention 20 and all, because he always is at this stage of the season, if, if you're yeah. tuning in. Yeah. But yeah. I'm more leaning towards Mr. Gowland, Nadji. I'm going to be very bullish at 13 and 4, Gareth. 
That's why I feel we're going to be at this moment in time. That, that's good to hear. I'm uh, I'm in the Nagy camp here. Eleven and uh, uh, six was my my prediction. I think there will be a couple of struggles towards the beginning of the season, but uh, we'll build up ahead of steam and finish strongly. So my my question is, uh, I, I would imagine we assume Trey is playing all of these games. Um, my question would be, what would be our record if Jimmy started instead of Trey? <laughs> Silence. Because we said twenty and all last week, last year with Jimmy and the center. So I'm I'm just curious of to, so because basically I I see this as a, an evaluation of what you think Trey is going to be like. I I don't um, think it's, it's going to be that different. I'd probably go for for the eleven wins as well. And I think right. because at, at the moment all we really need from Trey Lance is to be as good as Jimmy was. True. Very Given true. that it's it's his effectively his his rookie season. Um, and I don't know what other expectation you can really put on a rookie quarterback to, to come out and, and, and be league MVP. It's it's so rare. I think so long as, as Trey can avoid the worst of the mistakes, uh, protect himself and, and show improvement, I'm, I'm not necessarily looking for him to be a superstar in his first year. What I'm just making sure is that there isn't a drop-off from Jimmy. Um, yeah. and like we've said before, Jimmy's bar isn't that high. <laughs> true, true. So you, my, my answer would be it probably is affected by one game and one game only. So I would drop that to 12 and 5 rather than 13 and 4. Um, I, I don't think there's that much difference between Jimmy and Trey. I, I think Kyle has already intimated that last season when he said if it wasn't for the fact that Trey wasn't fully fit after the Colts game, Trey would have been starting. He mm. didn't because he wasn't fully fit, which means there wasn't that much between them in, in camp. How the rest of the season went with Trey carrying that little bit of an injury obviously on his thrown hand, um, that, that could have impacted the way he looked in practice, which might be what some of the noise is about that you hear. But now he's, he should go into the season fully fit. I think he'll, out, out of the first half games up to the bye week, I think we maybe lose one more than what I was thinking before. So I, I would go 12 and 5. Nice. What about you, Paul? Yeah, I think Gareth's right. I did Let's Talk Sports this afternoon, Gareth, and I did the same as you. I want to pump the brakes a little bit on the hype train. I'm fully behind Trey Lance, but he's a rookie, 22 years of age. I do think, like Lee's just said there, I don't think there'd be much difference. And like you said, Lee, this time last year, the likes of Jason Aponte and Brad Graham were at training camp. They witnessed it with their own eyes and they were saying he wasn't struggling. There was no issues at all. What happened was the team went back to being Jimmy's team and the tailored the training and everything. And yeah, I think like Lee said, 12 and five, Gareth, if, if Jimmy fit, Jimmy Garoppolo was in, but let's face it. It's Trey's team. I've been watching the OT, OTAs. I've been watching the beat writers report. Trey's looking good. I don't know if you guys saw his press conference yesterday, Trey, where um, someone asked him quite a challenging question about, you know, is he struggling does he need to win over the beat writers? And he stood there and he gave a leader's answer for me. He was it's a lad in the dressing room. It was respect I want. Carl Shanahan's respect. You guys can say what you want about me. It's up to me mm. to prove you wrong. And I, and I love that. I thought he was very, very well spoken. I like the fact that he's been working out with the likes of Brandon Ayuk. He reached out to all the rookies in the draft class. Yeah. We've said it before. We knew Trey was going to be the day one starter. Jimmy's shoulder meant he's injured. Trey's getting all the reps. And 
you better believe it. Yeah, fully behind him. But let's just pump the brakes a little bit on the hype train, like you said, Gareth. Well, that's it. I think it's it's the expectation management, and I I feel sure we're going to see some of the growing pains and the and the rookie mistakes. But but I also think there's there's going to be a play or a throw in every game where we just go wow. Yeah. So that's yeah, what that's we do. that's well, kind I've of my asked. expectation. And what well when eleven and six, I think maybe you know three or four of those losses would be because well he's a essentially almost a rookie and. And you know things aren't gonna go the way you think they're gonna go, and and that kind of things. But yeah, um, I, I, for me it's the same. Like, I'm just looking forward to seeing him play, and um, he's not gonna be worse than December and January Jimmy from last year. So that you know, and we managed to win game with with him. So um, so yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. So since we've uh, we've been talking about it, should we move on to the uh, the non-story, which is of course the never-ending will we trade or will he be on the roster or will he be cut oh well uh, we, we know the answer though to be fair we know the answer yeah yeah Go on. i think so i mean shanahan said it explicitly he expects jimmy to be traded before the season yeah mm. i yeah the, the, do you, i don't think we will keep him do, do i expect no to be honest i think we'll release him i, I don't think we'll be able to trade him i think, I think that ball is sealed I think we will. I think there's there's actually more teams when you look at the at the at the league that that will need a QB by the time um, you know early September starts. Um, you know, a team like the Giants might make a push mm-hmm. for him if if Dan Jones even just get hurt or if stinks in training camp and they can't go anywhere. You know, they don't. They've got a new coach. Um, you know, the Commanders might might do it. You know. Um, the Steelers might still do it because Trubisky is not an answer and Pickett is not good as they thought they would be or not ready. Um, there's a bunch of teams. The Texans might do it. Well, you never know. The Panthers might change their mind and you know start wanting to pay him. Um, I think you know with football kind of starting again and OTAs and I think we talked about the Tariq Cohen injury last week. And any day somebody can just get hurt and then Jimmy will be gone. Um, I know there's still Baker Mayfield, and I think he has more value than than Jimmy does, just purely because he costs less, really. <laughs> um, but um, I think the nature of the sport will mean he'll be gone, uh, and and if he's not, uh, we will release him um, before the season starts for sure. We need the money, don't we? So there's no. Yeah. Yeah. All those teams that you've mentioned, I can imagine they will be on the phone within minutes if Jimmy is released. The problem I see it is the 25 million that you take with yeah. Jimmy, and yeah. no one's going to pay that for a hire or a bridge quarterback or, or a gap when they know they can all just sit there and wait for him to be cut and then pick up the phone to him um, the day after. So, sorry, well, it's, leap in. you know, teams teams are willing to pay sometimes to not have the uncertainty. You know, we talk yeah. about the Browns a few years ago with Osweiler and the Lions last year with. Jared Goff did very well know that's not the answer, but having a veteran quarterback that can play almost right away. And if Jimmy comes back from his surgery and he shows that he can play week one, I'm sure some teams will just sign him and pay, you know, eat up the 26 million for one year and then deal with it later. Um, it's not, I think, I think some GMs are averse to not having an answer. But I think that so. that's obviously that narrows down the number of teams that have got that cap space after signing sure. the draft passes. 
Um, and I, unfortunately, some of the some of the teams you've mentioned, I think, might not be under that cap to to be able to sign him. Unless yeah, but the, the cap is a <laughs> it's not real, is it? It's, it's not as manipulated. <laughs> I, I, I could see us taking a player for Jimmy, maybe as part yep. of a, we need to if we're going to sign Jimmy for a new team, we need to balance our cap. Um, and I could potentially see a, a player who might be interesting or not coming the other way uh, purely as a cap dump. So. Yeah. All I was going to say, Gareth, is I, I like what we're doing with Jimmy. We haven't just cut him. We're allowing him to rehab. I said it before, I think a few months ago, it shows the culture of our team. Yes, it's Trey's team now. And I don't see Jimmy taking another snap for the 49ers because obviously if he gets injured again, we're on the hook for the whole contract. And you're right, Gareth. I think if Jimmy was released, Seattle would definitely be on the phone to him. Um, I don't know how we'd all feel. Maybe it's for another show. But I'd like to see a trade. But I do think maybe you're right, Gareth, the way it's heading. But like I said, I like the fact that they're letting him rehab, letting him get fit. Someone asked me the other day, one of my friends, you know, why is Jimmy not at OTAs? And I was like, he's got an injured shoulder. <laughs> he was never <laughs> going to be at OTAs. So. And I think one of the beat writers had asked Kittle whether they'd heard from Jimmy. And he was like, well, I don't need to hear from him. He, I didn't hear from him when he was on the team. So it's it's not a, it's a non-story for me at this point, Jimmy not being yeah. at OTAs. Didn't expect him, to be honest. So another guy who's not at OTAs is Debo Samuel. Uh, that most of the Debo saga and his trade request happened leading up to the draft where we didn't record a show. So probably worth talking about. How do you think it's been handled and when will it all end? Come on, Lee, you've been a bit quiet if you've got your voice back. Yeah, so I think from Debo's side, he's, he's been a little bit childish about it, but this is what they do in the modern day era. They all use social media to basically spit out the dummy. I mean, let's be fair. Let, let, let's call it what it is. He's spitting out his dummy, stamping his feet, pay me me money. He's got a point. I mean, he, he should get paid more than what he's actually on at the moment. Um, it's obvious to me, and it should be obvious to anybody that actually looks at the cap space, that we can't actually give him any money yet until we get rid of Jimmy. And it's the same as people saying, well, we haven't signed our draft picks yet. Because we can't until we get rid of Jimmy, which is what makes us convinced Jimmy will get released if we can't uh, trade him quickly because we need to get those draft picks signed so they can turn up to uh, summer camp, to mm -hmm. training. So to me, has it been handled right? I think the organisation's handled, handled it the only way they can handle it. I suppose as soon as the whole social media cleansing started, Somebody should have stuck an arm around him and said, look, this is the score. This is what's going to happen. We are going to pay you. We can't do it now. Put your choice back in the pram and let's be grown up about this. Um, because it does, it, it sends the wrong message. It sends the message that he's a bit of a diva. He's a bit of a kid. He should know this. And his agent should be saying, look, you're going to get the money. But we all know who the agent is and what he's done <laughs> yeah. in the past. And he's had previous for doing this. And he's getting his um, previous clients all traded. Didn't work with Debo. Didn't work with Debo because he had no leverage whatsoever. So mm. he's only made himself look stupid, in my eyes. He's only made himself look stupid. He'll get his money at the end of the day or he'll sit out a year. He'll have to have that year accrued onto next year pushed on to next year and he'll have to he'll have to play then and he's lost a year he's not going to do it he's not stupid mm. um yeah i'll say i think um half of the things we've heard during the draft process and you know during the whole debo saga was probably not true um and it's the media making stories out of thin air or things they heard from 
sources that are probably questionable. Um, I think the Niners, if the past six years, if the, the one thing they've been very good at is being very transparent to what they do in terms of uh, on the market and player transaction. They've never hidden anything. Um, I think the only really, you know, left field thing that came out was the, the Buckner trade that we didn't see coming. But um, I think it was probably a bit a surprise to them when the Colts came with a, an offer they couldn't refuse, basically. Um, so I, w- I would imagine Debo tried to do the whole social media thing. And, and then I'm sure either Kyle or John or Jed just call him and say, look, this is this is what's going to happen. Um, and then Debo really didn't do anything after that. If anything, all of his tweets were like, calm down, everyone. You don't actually know what's going on. So um, I don't really put any you know, credit into the stories we've heard. I'm pretty sure it was sorted ages ago. Um, and ultimately, um, if he wants to, you know, AJ Brown got traded, <laughs> not Debo, and AJ Brown stories was pretty much non-existent apart from the whole social media thing. So, yeah, I, as you know, he knows the score, he knows we don't have money, he knows Boston needs to get paid too. Um, you know, and as I said, like, the Niners have just been transparent pretty much to the amount they can be with the press and everybody. So having all of this story coming out and not being confirmed by anyone from the Niners, uh, that are, you know, um, especially after the, you know, the draft before and everybody thought we were going to take Mike Jones and <laughs> it turns out no, for one second did we even look at him. So, you know, Kyle was on trade from January. And everybody thought we were going to take Mike Jones. So I don't put any stock in the media. And I think everything will get resolved. And I'm pretty sure he's happy to play where he's playing. And he'll be game paid when he needs to be paid. And he'll stay with us because he knows he's the best team for us. And it's the best thing for him for his career. So, yeah. Well, let's not, let's just not make this the new Jimmy story and <laughs> talk about it the whole summer. Um, he'll get paid. And if not, we'll get a law for him. But we've got to create content from nothing. That's yeah. true. That's very true. Paul, you want to weigh in? Well, I was going to say social media, creating content. I, um, I mean, to be <laughs> honest, Lee and Najee said it perfectly. I mean, he wasn't at OTAs, Gareth, because he was up in Dallas watching the Golden State Warriors. And yep. I don't think he was expected to be at OTAs. And like Lee said, you know, we love our team. We're fans. Doesn't matter to us how much Debo gets paid. But I think Lee was right. I think he's been a bit mature. I think you've just been a bit presumptuous. We always do our right. business in training camp. He is going to get paid. I mean, John Lynch came out, Nadji, and said, Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel, the, the money's there. We're going to pay them. It's just a yep. case of working the, the magic money cap. But see, social media, uh, Gareth, me and you knew Lee and Nadji were off to Vegas. And me and you had to record a full podcast. And then we had to talk to people in the group. And we couldn't let that cut out the bag. So I think there's an element of Debo's frustration when his brother went on an Instagram live and, you know, let it out a little bit. It's no secret, like Lee said. I'm lucky enough, Gareth, that I have my guardian angel and Mr. Gowland to keep me right on social media. And if I make any faux pas, he's quick to let me know. Debo just needed someone in his team just to say, well, what are you doing? Like you said, Nancy, it doesn't do him any favours, but I think he's going to get paid. Yeah, I don't apologise for using that wonderful gif where Debo's dancing on the field. <laughs> My friends who are non-49ers fans hate seeing it. They use it against me every day when they think Debo was being traded. 
So obviously we got to Vegas. Debo didn't get traded, but I am holding off buying my Debo jersey just at the moment. I think I am leading more <laughs> towards a Trey Lance one at the minute, Gareth. I'm, I'm not saying that's an indication if he's going to go, but social media, like you said, Gareth, we have to create the content. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I'd agree broadly with what you said. I think the N, the NFL at times is a pretty it's a brutal business. Play, players are owned, they're they're traded, they're cut, they're discarded, um, and and you can have a pretty short career. It's it, it's a pretty it can be a pretty brutal business. Um, but I think Shanahan and Lynch have have set out their stall well to say hate the game, not the players. We'll be as fair and as honest and as and as open as and communicate with players as much as we can be and we'll keep stuff in house and we kind of expect the same. And I, I was disappointed that, that Debo did the whole sort of Instagram thing, particularly when Kittle, Warner, Trent Williams, we didn't hear a peep out of their contract negotiations other than it's in the hands of my agent. We're talking and, yep. and that's all you need to say. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that it, it can all be smoothed out uh, and resolved and it will soon be forgotten by uh, by week one. I do think the 49ers were taken a little bit by surprise. So you mentioned Kittle there, Gareth. It was documented after the deal was done that Kittle and his agent were not happy with the first offer. And I think maybe the rumours were Debo wasn't happy with the first offer. But now AJ Brown's gone, I think his deal's around about what they're looking at. And I think it'll come down to guaranteed money and, and I know the usage stuff. I don't think there'll be any truth in that in the contract. I think it is literally about the money. He's a new father, wants to get paid. So, like you said, hopefully it gets done sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. So, OTAs have started. Uh, players are back with the organisations for a range of drills and padless practices. Shockingly, none of the 49er Faithful UK podcasters actually get invited to attend the practices which are open to the media. But other media members do, um, and they obviously spend their time writing about it. So, what have you read from the guys on OTAs? Um, any players stood out so far, including potentially some of the undrafted and camp body players um, who occasionally get a name for themselves for about six weeks over the summer, never to be heard <laughs> again. Uh, any, anything you've uh, picked up so far? I, I personally haven't. I, I try not to. <laughs> it's really weird because obviously football's back, kind of. It's practice, isn't it? So you, you get excited and you don't want to get into it. But it's so far away. And I, I just kind of like not really follow it here. As you said, it's no pads. They're just kind of running around and running very basic drill. It's kind of boring. And I don't, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember hearing a name in OTAs that you, you know, talk about in December still. So... Yeah, no. Um, so I think I think there's been a couple that's been mentioned that uh, have stood out. Um, Terry Castro Fields and Leon Neal Jr. Um, both of those have apparently shown up in training and uh, made a good show of themselves. So that's interesting. Um, but as Naji says, um, you, you look you look at OTAs, and and what you're really hoping for is nobody goes down with a really daft injury. Yeah. Jogging back to the uh, the locker room or something like that, and we've gotten we've gotten away with that, so nothing's happened yet, so that's good. Um, the noise is coming from some of the offensive players about the way that um, Trace throwing the ball is really good. It's really encouraging. Um, Kittle saying he does stuff with the ball that I've never seen before. 
Um, although, I mean, that could be a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't really give any context about that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is difficult to actually pick out anything because they're all scripted. They're all just going through the normal the normal routine, just getting warmed up, um, ready for, what is it, six weeks' time when camp mm-hmm. starts, something like that. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit more so, than that. Um, so it's, it's difficult to get carried away. Um, you read some of the beat writers and... They've got the finger on the pulse, the, the likes of the Matt Mieko, Matt Barrows, um, Jennifer Chan, those those typewriters there, if you, typewriters, <laughs> um, Freudian slip. Uh, yeah, th- those type of uh, people there, you read those and you know they're going to be pretty much spot on, accurate with what they're saying. Um, who's it, Dave Lombardi, Dave Lombardi, art, art spend, Lombardi yeah. yeah. I spend a lot of time reading his tweets because I've got a lot of respect for him. Um, yeah. If if the player's playing poorly, he'll he'll constructively say why that player's playing poorly, um, which is what I think is important, especially when you're judging judging another human being who's put themselves out there in front of you to perform. You need to be constructive in every, everything you do. You you can't just say, well, he was garbage, and it's a similar thing to what I said last season about Jimmy about the group. If you want to have the conversation with Jimmy, by all means, have that conversation with Jimmy. Just be constructive about it. Don't just say he's garbage because that's mm. just toxic. That's all yeah. you do. You just want a reaction from it. Uh, and that's you see that type of people, unfortunately, on, on Twitter, on YouTube. Um, so you're trying to keep away from that. Just be constructive. So OTS for me, I, I do enjoy watching it, but I don't feel as though I can take too much away from that. Um, even when we get into pre-season, I don't really take too much away from that. What you can take is uh, the guys that are actually putting in the effort during training, and that stands out a mile. So mm. it's interesting to see that because it always comes from the fringe players because obviously they're the ones that are fighting for for those very few roster spaces that are going to be left come the end of um, come the end of August, start of September. See, I'm the opposite to Nadji Gareth. Um, Still a few weeks away in my recovery, so I'm absorbing as much content as possible to get my knowledge <laughs> up. Um, Brad Graham, SF Niners, he's been breaking down Lee, the O-line players, the D-line players. And I was watching a video this morning of the D-line coaches just working the new rookies. And I have to admit, Nadji, I wasn't quite sure what I was watching, but it was highly enjoyable. Um, like you said, Lee, the beat writers you've mentioned, I think we all read them. I know Brad and Jason Aponte are going to be out at training camp like they were last year. They're very active on social media. So anybody who's listening, give them guys a follow. They'll keep you up to date with anything and everything. Um, I think no one as such, Gareth, as in name-wise, I think we talked last week. I think Danny Gray's had a good mini rookie camp. Mm. And I think Trey is looking like we hoped him to look. But uh, yeah, like I said, they're the guys I'm watching and following at the moment. Um I was lucky enough late to do a show at the weekend with Wayne Breezy. He was very complimentary of yourself and obviously he's impressed that we've got our pods out there. And he definitely said if he is ever over in the UK, he's definitely coming to a meetup. So that would be good to see Wayne Breezy in Newcastle drinking a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would be great to see, to be fair. So perhaps one of the uh, the more headline news out of the OTA, OTAs has been a fairly well-publicised uh, disagreement between Javon Kinlaw and a 
uh, journalist using that word. So, so, so uh, don't use that word. Yeah, yeah, don't use that no, word. Not a so, journalist. <clears throat> let, let, if you don't mind, I'm going to cut <laughs> in here and talk about this first. So, uh, yeah, I'm never going to use that J word, that occupational J word with this guy. This guy is a YouTube hack. That's all mm. he is. Now, I can't go through this and talk about it and just call him this guy. So I've decided this needs to be used as a teaching point. So obviously we're all here. We all have known each other for a while now. We all know where we all come from. We all know who the the, the true foreigner is in the group, don't we, Gareth? <laughs> <laughs> so 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 I'm going to use this as a teaching point, so I can get my point across and actually give a name to this person. So Nadji lives in Salford. Salford's in Manchester. Manchester's in Lancashire. Right? Yep. He plays for well, Chester Romans. Right. Yeah. yeah, he plays for Chester Romans. Chester Romans playing Cheshire. So that's two different counties. So if we're mm-hmm. going to talk about this guy, this guy is definitely a Kent, right? <laughs> He's a really big Kent. So we we'll use the county Kent to represent this guy, right? <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. So so this Kent, he antagonizes people. Yeah. People you see his fans saying, oh, but he's an aggressive uh, question asker, question asker, journalist, whatever, you know, said the okay. J word. Yeah. But he's not, he's not. Being aggressive, being a journalist, would be asking a simple question about an injury. Do you think you were over your injury? And if that uh, person's not going to reply, keep on going, do you think you're over your injury? Can you tell us why you're confident you're not going to get the injury? That is aggressive questioning, trying to get the answer to that question if somebody's trying to dodge it. Aggressive questioning isn't turning around and sitting and, and abusing that player, saying, oh, you've got an 80-year-old leg, you're crap, you're always out injured. That's not aggressive questioning. Yeah. That's gutter trash. That is gutter cheer word. Isn't. Well, there's a, there's a word for it. It's called gaslighting. And it, it's just you just antagonize people until they reply and you look like the victim. That's what, that's what that guy is doing. He just yeah, pushes exactly. people to the boundary and then looks shocked when people react accordingly to And, and he does it for the reaction. Behavior. That's what yeah, he's absolutely. doing. That's um, what he's doing because that's the only way he can he can make money by getting yep. people to react. And that's what he wants. And he even came out and he said it. He, he's looking yep. for a peer day to retire with. And I think that is an absolute disgrace. I think his his whole approach to what he calls his job is wrong. Mm. I yep. think it's wrong from a mental standpoint with the players and to me if i was the organization i wouldn't be letting one on the site no and i think ultimately i mean i've stopped following what he says and what he does um many moons ago um i just don't have time for that kind of behavior and and type of reporting it's you know um it's just it's just it's you know, it's a sport, which is just, just no need for that. And ultimately, I think for me is, I hope the Niners do the right thing here as an organization and and revoke his, his journalist, whatever, past press, whatever they call it, because he's no one and he's, he shouldn't be around the player and um, antagonizing and gaslighting people. Um, you know, it's just, it's just not okay. And um, I know Kinlow's response wasn't probably the best worded one but you know if you're going to push people into the boundaries there some some people don't have the self-control or um i don't know way of expressing themselves that would come across as smart and respondent and he went about it how he felt at the time and i think it was completely appropriate uh to me um i honestly that guy needs to go away um do like if you're listening to this podcast and you value what we do 
uh, and you're following this guy on any platform and watching what he does, just do do us a favor and un- unsubscribe, unfollow, and I think your life will be much better. And hopefully, if he disappears completely, it'll go and annoy somebody else, um, and we won't hear about him because it's just it's just making a bad name for the organization every time his name comes up and. We don't have time for that. It's just let's talk football. It's fun. Uh, let's not, you know, we, we've got good journalists on our on our team. You know, we've mentioned M. Barrows and Maiocho and um, and Lombardi and Jennifer Chan and all of these people are doing an amazing work trying to represent the, the organization. We're working out trying to represent the organization. And then the only news you hear in the NFL now is this guy, and it's annoying, really. Um, like, give me his, his pass. I'll do a better job. <laughs> you well, know, it's just... Yeah. I, I do wonder if it is possible for the team to actually kind of re- revoke or limit that if he's if he's licensed by the NFL and, and obviously employed by a, a large sporting uh, media organisation in, in the yeah. US, then I don't know whether they they can, but there's, there's a distinct... Uh, it seems to have gone down well with the players. So yeah. I imagine it, there may be... Uh, called into the headmaster's office and given a uh, a little bit of a word, and then at the end of that, real thanks for 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 sticking up. You can see certainly from Shanahan in press conferences when when Mr. Kent asks a question, you can kind of see his demeanour yeah. shifts from yeah, one. It's, it's not Mr. Uh, Kent; it's the Kent. The the Kent. <laughs> but I was. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe a lot more interesting potentially getting a Javon Kinlaw shirt. So if he does well, I, I, I was suddenly. I've got, I've got one. Oh, I've got one. I've not thought yeah. of Kinlaw. So yeah, uh, that's a good. It's good shout. Social media manager, Mr. Hope. Do you want to weigh in on your fellow professional using that word loosely? Oh, I'd, I'd use Lee's word of him being the Kent rather than a professional. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Nadji, I, I don't follow that gentleman the Kent and unfortunately the news broke yesterday and I had to go and watch it because I was unsure um, I spoke to Lee this morning about it on, on DM Jason Aponte who's a big supporter of the Kent has come out and he said you went about it the wrong way from what I understand Gareth there was something happened on the field and I think Kinlaw has brooded on it he's then asked to join the show like someone now asking to come on our show and we know fine well the person coming on is going to shout and scream and rant and rave. And I think, like you said, he's done it on purpose. I do like that the team have rallied around Kinlaw. So Eric Armstead put a tweet out a few hours yeah, ago. Yeah, I saw that. Um, George Kittle, um, yep. he is very Brent active Kill. on social media. Friend Brent of the Kill show. As well. Yeah, um, Tabor Pepper, friend of the show. He, he put mm-hmm. a tweet out. So as much as some of the language Kinlaw used and maybe the way he went about it, there's this sense of frustration. And I did chuckle, Gareth, because when I was doing my research, because I thought this question might come up, Shanahan got asked a question by that guy um, after one of the games a few months ago, and he just shuts him down. He just rolls his eyes, contempt. And you're right, we love the San Francisco 49ers, but we're not the most biased four in the world. We, We tell it how we see it. And like you said, Nancy, any of us, would give anything to be in that position. And he mm-hmm. just seems to be throwing it in the face and he's dead negative. And like you said, I like how Nadji said it. If you're following that guy, just unfollow him. If mm-hmm. you don't just want to take our word, we can all give you people who we watch, people we listen to, you know, Wayne Breezy, John Chapman's of the world. Social media is full of the right people to the follow. Good, but... The good guys, yeah. Paul, Paul, can you suggest anybody that you can go and watch really good film? 
<laughs> tip, you mean, Lee, tip. <laughs> and anyone over the age of 30, I mean, what, the tape? What are you talking about? Lee, you only live 20 miles up the road from me, man. Come on. <laughs> I've got, I've got to say friend. it. I've got to say it. I never, ever noticed it. But as soon as uh, Neil posted about it, I did go back and listen. And sure enough, there was an E at the very end of film. Yes, there is. <laughs> and I said, it, I said it in Shank Club at the weekend. And to be fair to Mr. Graham, thank you for pointing that out. Do like constructive criticism. And uh, I will make a note not to say that word ever again. And I will refer it to tape, YouTube. <laughs> to, to be honest, mate, I think I do that quite often, but it's with completely different words. It's just when I'm I'm speaking too fast, because if you've noticed, I do speak fast <laughs> quite often. Um, so it's very easy. It's very easy just to muddle your words because you're thinking about the next word before you get the last word out. And then you, you miss a syllable and it just sounds terrible. Or you add words, you add letters. As in your yeah. case. So yeah. don't worry about it. It's all good. It's well, so be honest, good, man. Before you move on, Tracy's in the group and she saw that comment and she says the word the same way as me. And she was like, <laughs> well, that's how you say it, isn't it? I was like, no, Tracy, dear, it's just us from Teesside. That's how we say it. And <laughs> so, sorry, Neil. Next meet up, don't be sat next to me and Tracy. Yeah, you I'll, and the Mrs. Grimm. I'll, I'll put myself out there and I'll give you an example of what I used to say. And I never even thought about it at all until somebody picked, uh, pulled us up at work um, when I worked up at uh, Newcastle. And uh, I always called uh, a penalty a penalty and completely missed out the end. And it's it, it just like this lazy thing. Um, and I never even thought about it. And somebody said, what did you say there? I said, Pelony. Pelony. He said, you do realise it's got an N in, don't you? And I'm listening listening to my own head thinking, how far I just said that? Pelony, Pelony. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm not even saying the word. And, it's just what, and, and this wasn't when I was a young kid, obviously. This was when I was in probably my mid to late 30s. <laughs> you learn something every day. Yeah. So there we go. I think that just about wraps up uh, the the scraping of the barrel. We've we've seen to well, those... I, w- I, I wanted to talk about something that I think is quite big. We really didn't touch on, um, but two things actually. One really mm. quick is we resigned JV, Jason Verrett. Um, I think it speaks character more than that. We needed the player, obviously, with the draft we had. Um, I really like. I think obviously probably didn't get any other offers. Um, but I really like that he just came back as a, you know, minimum veteran salary and just kind of be like, you guys paid me a lot of money last year and I didn't play, so I'll, I'll come and try and help the, the best I can. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really cool. And, you know, Paul keeps mentioning it. The, the culture on the team is really good and, and that speaks volume. Um, and he costs nothing against the cap, Nadji. Yeah, like that's you said. it. That's just great, isn't it? It's exactly what we need. And if, you know, if injury starts arising and maybe... You know, Ambry Thomas isn't quite as good second year round and all that kind of stuff. Then maybe he can step up when he's fully fit and, and actually give us a boost. Or even just, you know, in terms of he's a veteran, he's been in the league for a, for a while. He, he can help the new the new guys and Terry Castro Field and and obviously the the best player ever, Samuel Womack the third. Um, so yeah, that's good. Uh, the only thing I wanted to talk about, unless you want to talk about Jason Verrett for a sec, no, no, crack on that. Right. I, I want to talk about Brian Greasy. Um, I think that's quite big. The guy was, you know, essentially calling games on, on Monday night. And I know they moved on uh, to, to somebody else and he, he had to get a job. But, uh, you know, having him um, as essentially a QB whisperer for, for Trey is it's, it's very interesting. It goes back, you know, to, to the Shanahan 
the dad uh, route and the time when he got drafted. Um, do you guys think that's good? Do you think uh, I, I quite like it? I think I think that could, you know, prove fruitful in a, in a very long future. Yeah, I think I it's a good appointment. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's trusting Kyle that he knows the guys he he can work with and guys who can work with him and and guys who are going to bring the right attitude and and look at the people he's signed like Salah and D'Amico Ryan's and you know you spend a year coaching with uh, Kyle Shanahan and you're getting job offers left and right at the end of the season so uh, I'm happy to trust his uh, judgment on the, who he wants to have as his quarterback whisperer. I think as well, Nadji, some of the Trail Ant's noise has come from our ex-QB coach, who I think mm. was more in favour of Mac Jones. And I think it speaks volumes, as all three of you have said, it's setting Trey up in the best possible way. So, yeah, yeah I'm happy with it. Just going to say, Gareth, before you uh, finish off, mm. I didn't have a public service announcement, but Ruby is nine tomorrow. Oh, she will be joining. Birthday. Happy birthday, Ruby. Thank you happy very much, Jens. Ruby. She yeah. will be joining Club 85. She's asked for a very <laughs> own George Kittle jersey. So I make no apologies. I will be spamming the heck out of social media tomorrow, but with my content of my daughter. So she does listen in the show and uh, she was gutted late that she missed your visit the other week. So she wasn't obviously 100%, but um, she loved the rally towel. She's definitely after a Kittle jersey and nine. I'm feeling very old, gentlemen, at this point in time. <laughs> Yeah. So there we go. So I think that does wrap about uh, just about wrap it up. Thanks to everyone who listens to the show. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, follow, um, and things of that nature. And search for Forty Nine Faithful UK on the YouTube channel. We are, I think, aiming to keep up with some content over the summer, and we will, of course, bring you bang up to date with the latest news. And by that, I mean you'll usually hear about it a week after you've read everything <laughs> there is to read about it. But that's just the way it is. So until next time, go Niners. Go Niners. And bang bang nan again. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick. We're all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.